Association. 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 That was such uber ponage. Hello, fellow nerds. Welcome to the Nerd Association podcast from the WBNS studios in Columbus, Ohio. I'm Mark Finch, your host. And I'm your other host, Daniel Barnett, here on Nerd Association. We like to remind you that just because we have cool jobs, and we do, it doesn't make us cool. It has become our habit when we talk about things belonging to Disney to welcome our guest today uh, with Marvel and with uh, Star Wars, I guess with uh, DC too. Uh, we're welcoming back Jonathan T-Bone Smith. You can find him every each and every day on 97.1 The Fan in Columbus on the Common Man and T-Bone show. Uh, Bone, thanks for joining us again today. Absolutely. I am like the Walmart shopper of sci-fi. So if it's, if it's, if it's something you can find at Walmart, I'm there. If it's the big, if the boutique sci-fi, not my thing, but the big box stuff I'm here for it. Yeah. Marvel comic universe, DC, and of course, star Wars. Yeah. I'm all for it. That's an excellent, uh, that's an excellent comparison. (laughs) Good. I don't know if I've ever heard anyone say that before, but, uh, but that's why you're here. You're an original. That's why I'm here. I'm perfect. Great. So, what do you guys think of when I say Grogu? <laughs> <laughs> well, the first thing I think of is how long is it going to take or is it ever going to happen? Are people going to stop saying Baby Yoda and start saying Grogu? Or is it just going to continue on social media to be Baby Yoda? Yeah, that's a that's a solid question because I think in part you're going to run into a lot of people in the next coming weeks. Like I know a few people who I've said, like, did you watch this week? And they're like, no, 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 I'm saving up until they're all out. So for those of you who maybe just did that and are now checking out this episode, welcome. Yeah. Uh, Last eight weeks have been incredibly rollercoastery for the rest of us. So (laughs) we're glad you're here. Now we can all talk about it. But yeah, I agree. We need to start referring to him as Grogu, just like we didn't refer to Yoda as the green dude, the frog you know, man, swamp. like, I mean, we have to, like, we only knew him as that at first. Well, not really. Cause Luke tells us who he is vastly ahead of time, but I'm just saying now we know Grogu's name. Let's use it. Let's call him Grogu. And I'm fine with that. And I like it. I, I, I think yeah, it's I think I think Grogu's it's, a good name. Yeah. I'm sure it's like a family name on the planet that he comes from, which we still know nothing about. I'm still just waiting for somebody to Photoshop like a polo with a popped collar and a little like sideways hat. And then they call him Brogu. I think that's <laughs> going to be something we're going to have to deal with, but uh, well, I did think we did, we did get into how Grogu is a troubled youth. Like, I think this is the year <laughs> where it's like somebody is going to like, this is a moment where people are turning their seat around backwards and sitting down to talk to him and say, let's, let's talk about life, son. Cause you got a lot of issues and we got to figure you out. And that's, that's what this season was at least one of the big themes of this season was what is Grogu? And at least we got a, a quite a ways on that question in this season. So the Mandalorian's like the school counselor who cares a little too much for this kid, but he just really wants to see him succeed. How do I reach these kids, you know? <laughs> right. Well, it was not even that. It's that like, he doesn't even, he's more like the gym coach who doesn't even want to do this, but they're <laughs> like, he'd rather be out like playing basketball in college, you know, like he tore his ACL. And then this one kid is like, can you teach me math? And he's like, ah, eh, whatever. Okay. Yeah. The, par- the parents didn't come to pick this kid up and he's the last one at the school that day. And so he's just looking for somebody to drop him off with. He's outside smoking a heater. Doesn't even want to see this kid. Now he's like, all right, I'm invested. Right. How'd your math test go? Yeah. It is funny how they definitely made this season 
we're just I guess we're just jumping into it. Um, but I, I think it's funny how they made this season the terrible twos for Grogu. Last <laughs> season he was he was all cute all the time, for, except for like one second. Right? There was like one second where he force chokes Cara Dune, and we're all kind of like, oh. But otherwise, <laughs> it's like okay, he's cute. And then this season he was just kind of a punk. Like <laughs> he's like he's taking stuff he's not supposed to. He's eating people's babies. He's stealing cookies. He's like thr- yeah. throwing up those he's cookies. Throwing up on the roller coaster. <laughs> he's you know beating the absolute ever loving hell out of some stormtroopers. That was fun. Now, well, here's the thing though. I but I I think that was it was. I think the egg thing was probably the only one of those where it's not where it was just like, oh really? Yeah, like, it's not you don't cute. Have the- it's, it's yeah, that's it's complicated. Not cute. You're like eating people. You're eating people's babies. Like yeah. this is this is kind of a weird. But then I, I mean, to be fair, they're unfertilized eggs. What do we do every morning? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. We're sitting here judging him. Like, can't believe he's doing that. As we're eating an omelet, yeah. like this. <laughs> How dare he, Grogu? Yeah, mm-hmm. this tender omelet. lump. Now, can what? I can I have one serious note before we get too far into this episode? Sure. I think it's worth noting that you know the Mandalorian, this huge phenomenon for Star Wars. It's maybe the thing that's like bringing people back into the fold that were disenfranchised from the franchise. Uh, and it wouldn't have been possible without Boba Fett for the original Mandalorian, who we first saw in the Star Wars holiday special. Because you have to be thankful for the Star Wars holiday special. Coming next week, we're going <laughs> to talk one, about that. The one, good, the one good thing from that. Well, that and all the, all the fun that we've made of it since, <laughs> but yes. Um, that actor that originally portrayed Boba Fett was Jeremy Bullock, and actually Jeremy Bullock passed away yesterday. He was 75 years old. Um, he was British, as a lot of the people involved with Star Wars were. And um, and I think it's it's fitting that, that, you know, he's 75. He was an actor for 45 years. One of his best-known roles uh, is Boba Fett, even though he's now kind of been replaced. Um, you know, with the with Tamura Morrison's voice being dubbed back into the original trilogy over his, but I think it's, it's well, that's, that's it, a very touching thing. I did not know it's that. Kind of a fitting tribute. Away. Yeah, yeah. On the last the, the like the the day before that's the, that version of this series ended. This year of the series ended. Season. That's the word. And I don't know it's if a, he. My understanding is he was at conventions and things over the years, and he like he was involved with the Star Wars fandom and was really a kind person when it came to that kind of thing and. I don't know if this is the case, but it would be cool to think that he had a chance to see Boba Fett be a, just an absolute terrifying badass before he passed away in a way that he kind of didn't get with to a do. dad bod, too. So shout out to dad. Bods yeah. From Boba yeah. Fett. Dad bod. Yeah. That the, the, I'll tell you, though, uh, that is one of the things that I if, if we want to get into, like some of the high points of the season for me. The fact that they could have just done a little fan service with Boba Fett and been like, yeah, well, you've seen this other Mandalorian walking around. Here walks the first one you ever met. And he shows up, they have a moment, and then that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like They could have done one of those. I'm trying to think what movie that was where uh, it was The Rock in Walking Tall where Dwayne Johnson was like walking through a club and Arnold Schwarzenegger walks by him and he's just like, Oh, Hey man, you know, and they just gave like right. a little nod. <laughs> it was like a passing of the torch moment of like, okay, this you're the action star. Now I'm kind of fading away from that. And they could have just done that in this series. The fact that they didn't, but then didn't screw it up. Right. I mean, they, they stuck the landing excellently with this oh, yeah. and gave him one of the most epic fight scenes I've ever seen. We got to see some of the interior of the ship, yeah. which I, 
slave one we finally know how that thing works and <laughs> not how i thought it worked maybe other people knew that i did not know it had like a, a rotating gyroscopic inside. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like that. How cool was that? Like, I question in atmosphere the aerodynamics of that ship, though. I just don't believe it would be there's very no aerodynamics in space. It's a vacuum. Yeah, but in, no I air. said in atmosphere. Well, in, when they're in okay. planets. Well, it's I, I not to be like push my glasses up on my the bridge of my nose as high as I can, but um, it, it's like a curve. It's a nice curved domed shape. It would fly beautifully through through air but it flies like it flies like flat i don't no, know it, it I don't takes off no, and lands oh, flat it doesn't hear, fly flat i would just all i would say to that chops is that you have to remember look at all the other non-aerodynamic ships we have seen <laughs> over the years in star wars and they seem to do just fine getting in and out of atmospheres so i don't yes uh, to your point maybe that one is a little rough but i can it's certainly not stretching my brain that's what i'm saying like it's like yeah okay i'll go with you it flies sure that works We've talked before, I think, on this show about how Darth Vader, trust me, this comes around, Darth Vader has this huge reputation in the original trilogy, but we never get to see him be a badass. We don't. You know, he, like, has a couple of pretty chonky lightsaber battles. He force pushes some people, or he force chokes some people. But we don't really get to see Mm -hmm. him be this, like, terrifying monster that the galaxy knows him to be until Rogue One, where we see him actually be the embodiment of a horror movie and cut people down mercilessly. And I felt the same way about these scenes with Boba Fett. Boba Fett has long had what I thought was an unwarranted, quite frankly, reputation. Um, I was definitely one of those people that was like, Boba Fett's overrated, guys. You've built this headcanon for him, but he got he went out like a chump. Um, but no, I, I, within that like, you know, few minutes of television, I was on Team Boba Fett. I was like, all right. If this is the reputation he has had in the universe, then I understand it now. And he is, in fact, a badass. So I thought that was awesome. I thought that paid off all these years of... And The Mandalorian is a lot of fan service, and we're going to talk about that uh, later in the episode. And I think it's good. I think a lot of it is is pulling things in and doing things with Star Wars that people have imagined or have thought about over the years and have never come to fruition on the screen. And I think that's excellent because it's being handled with such care and respect and not just flippantly, you know? Mm -hmm. And to me, the Boba Fett reveal and then subsequent like arc that he has had has just been awesome. So it's cool to see that character pay off. I like the, uh, the standalone episodes actually as with this as well. So you're right. It, it, it intertwines itself into star Wars so well, but I just really like those like straight up like Western episodes where he's just traveling around and doing things, which I, you know, this one, because it's where he finds the Boba Fett armor, but the first episode, the, the Marshall where he goes and he hangs out with Cobb Vance played by Timothy Oliphant, who's always great. He's a fun time. And he goes out there and they, they, they fight that, the crate, the crate dragon. And they have to take that thing down. I, that was actually probably my favorite episode of the season if you just kind of extrapolate and take each one as just a single episode and i think it was the longest one Mm -hmm. of the season as well but i really like those episodic ones and i think that's something that you know we've entered this golden age of television where so many things are are like big stories and told over the whole season and you you binge it and you get so much out of that but like why can't we just have some episodic type things still around and that aren't on network television because network television is trash but like in you know these these high concept, well-made shows, but there's still just one where you can dive into an episode. So I appreciate that. 
Yeah. I, yeah. I, I was just going to say on, on the Marshall on that episode, but this is something that I think the Mandalorian, the series has done really well. And they figured out is that they can have those, those one-off episodes and they can have those instead of just being like, Oh, he's on a caper and he's just out trying to solve a problem or fix something. They're also, as they're doing that, which he of course is, and they're advancing the story a little bit. They're also going like, Oh, Hey, you remember the Tuscan Raiders? Like, you want to learn more about them? Yeah. You want to yeah. see them a lot? Like, it's not, you know what I mean? Like, they they take that opportunity to say, well, we're, they're going to be involved in this episode, and you're going to, maybe you've known about them if you're a, like, hardcore reader of all the novels and stuff like that. But if you don't, here's a good just, you know, half hour of them, you know, seeing how they react, seeing that they're, you know, they're more complex than you might have initially thought. Like I just, I've enjoyed every time they've decided let's veer off and have him do something, have them go out and try to solve some problem, but we're going to throw some of the lore back in your face too, so that you get a lot more in depth on your understanding of that little aspect. So then when you go back and watch the originals, it's like, Oh yeah, this, now I know a lot more about these people and what they, you know, so when you see, it's going to put all, I think it's going to put all the old movies back in a, a different light again, because you're just going to have a more complex understanding of, of all these different, you know, people you come across, at least in and my that. Life. Yeah. And that's good fan service. That's fan yeah. service yeah. where it's not just, oh, remember the Tuscan Raiders? And then you move on. It, yeah, they're intertwined into the story. That's what I was going to say. It's nice that, that they are doing these Easter eggs and this fan service with purpose and to build the world. I, a lot of a lot of what happened with the original trilogy is all of this like talk or showing these things like suggesting these really cool things that we don't usually get to see on screen. The crate dragon's one of them. There's a crate dragon skeleton is is one of the first things we see on Tatooine, and it's this you know massive bones that C3PO and R2D2 walk near and and yeah, it's cool to finally see. Like, why is it? What is a crate dragon? What is leaving these giant bones? And they they do a better job of that than like the Alien franchise did with the the space jockey yeah. and then Prometheus, which most people don't like. I like Prometheus, but I know it was kind of jumbled there. But no, to to your point, honestly, the Marshall might have been my favorite overall episode of the season, and might might be the best star wars i don't know it was so good i thought it was such a huge success as an opening episode and getting people fired up in a way that i don't know if any of the other episodes could have gotten people as like amped um yeah for for this like this season and it's it's like set that high note and it rode that high note for the entire well, season as far I, as i was concerned I think, and it's good because it doesn't right. make you jump in in the middle of the story and like make people who maybe didn't go back and watch it or you know don't remember it fully to like fully be immersed right. like right in this is remember where all this stuff and you're like no not really but so it's just an episode where you can jump in like yeah like i said like how it's an episodic kind of thing yeah you can well, jump in as long as you know the you know these two characters you can come in and you can enjoy it and then you're reintroduced to the story and even some of the characters, like, and I forget her name, but um, the character who, when he parks, you know, his ship there. Pe in, Pelly? Uh, yeah, yeah. She, and she ends up, watch, you know, she watches Grogu. Well, played um, by Amy Sedaris. Yes. Amy Sedaris' character. Yes, that's yeah. right. So, like, you didn't know her from the first season if you didn't watch it, but you just, all you got real quick was like, oh, they know each other. Yep. And then mm -hmm. we're mad, you know, and she's seen this little dude before. And then, all right, cool. We're now we're into this other story. And then I think, though, like the reason that episode holds up so well, too, across the whole series, because then later on, the payoff you get from that episode 
where you're getting Boba Fett's armor. Yeah. Like it's because mm-hmm. my initial concern with watching that episode is like, all right, what are they going to do with this? You know, and you already know there's something going on because they hint at it, but then you see the payoff later on and you go, Oh, okay. That they really did a good job with that. That held up. Yeah. So now that episode is even further propped up. And I, yeah, I thought it was a, I'm with you guys. I thought it was great. Uh, I thought it, it added a lot of depth to the world. And I just, like I said, anytime we can, I, as much as initially I was frustrated that it's like, Oh, Hey, back to tattooing again for the 800th time. Like <laughs> at least now seeing the full episode and seeing how many other places they took us throughout the rest of the series. Yeah. That was another thing I really enjoyed was that they took us to all these other places that I don't ever recall seeing, at least in the movies. Maybe some of them have been explored in other avenues that I haven't watched, but I enjoyed being introduced to those worlds. And I thought they did a really good job of not just always finding ways back to the same old three planets every time. You know, I thought that was it made it feel like a much broader universe. Mm -hmm. I I think as a as a person who like eat star wars lore for breakfast as much as i can like i'm drinking i I didn't even think about it this morning i'm like drinking my coffee out of a star wars mug um but (laughs) i I like the balance i like there being these worlds that we know and love and getting a different slice of them which i think this did like the i was with you about before the season like oh tatooine again but i loved that they went back to tatooine and did what they did and it only could have been done on tatooine I kind of was disappointed that some of the things that we speculated about, and that wasn't any fault of Filoni and Favreau. We just were like, well, I think they're going to these planets that we've heard about in Star Wars lore forever, and then they didn't. So, like, we didn't go to Mon Cala. We went to Trask. Um, You know, we didn't go to Ilum. We went to Spider Ice Planet. (laughs) Uh, Well, I guess maybe we went to Ilum, but I don't think so. I would have. I guess I would have liked to have seen yes. a little bit more of. Hey, you, you as 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 filmmakers, as television makers, have a chance to like build out on these planets that we've heard of but never seen. But at the same time, they did do that just with some of the, like, um, the the Believer episode was set on a planet that has been in like the video games and in some of the lore. There have definitely been places that have been called out in the lore that got morak i think is what that's yeah, called thank you. Um, that's the that's the the penultimate episode we're talking about right uh, the, the, the believer that the, yes, the second yeah, yeah. where uh oh what is Baker that mayfeld yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna call him eminem what's his name Migs mayfeld, Migs mayfeld. bill burr Migs mayfeld bill burr's character yes where he makes his triumphant return and what a return that was i i don't know i really In that episode in that episode though they're like we're gonna go to morak and uh Migs is like you're going to go to Morak? There's nothing on there. And then they get there, and it's like this beautiful rainforest planet. And I'm like, Luke Skywalker is a moisture farmer on Tatooine, this terrible dust bowl, and this is the there's nothing there planet? What's wrong with this universe, and well, where do they set up shop? They don't, they don't obviously seem to value these places unless they have some kind of strategic usefulness. Because Yeah. Right. I mean, because right. Look at the look at the paradise that we had in Rogue One. And what was that? That was just like a, a big server farm. Well, you know, basically, <laughs> I mean, more or less, Ch- Chops, you're kind of you know? you're kind of sounding like those people in the 1930s and 40s that were like, Okies, if you don't like Oklahoma, you should just move. Just go somewhere <laughs> else and do your let you start your life like that. You know, I'm just saying Luke when, when Skywalker he says didn't have the resources to move off of his Dust Bowl planet, so he had to. F- I'm not saying, more but like I'm talking about the people. There's like, obviously people on Tatooine. Yeah. He he says there's nothing on Morak, and yet 
they go to it and there there are people there but it just looks like a planet like why aren't people there yeah. it looks like a great place to be because people screw yeah, everything it, up <laughs> it does it does look like one of those places where you're wondering like is this the hidden gem of this yeah. region of the galaxy like got like their their board of tourism is doing a terrible job of because they should be doing a lot more than mining is what i would say yeah mining and pirating i think are not their best industry they should be doing tourism it would seem to be much better no i, I but I, I to get back kind of to our original point i like i oh mean i like so much about this season can we also talk about i went back about halfway through the season and listened to the episode we did however many months ago now being like here are our mm-hmm. predictions and kids we got a lot right we did we did pretty well that day did we get a lot right, or did you get a lot yeah, right? Yeah, I don't remember. I don't even remember what we predicted. Run through a couple of things that we said. You are my friends and my compatriots, and you share, and in, in, we all share the victory. <laughs> well, we talked about, I mean, some of the biggest things of the season, we're talking about Bo-Katan and Ahsoka Tano and, and Boba Fett, that pay, all paying off, um, mm-hmm. which was, so in my household, we came up with this thing. When I was watching The Heiress, the third episode of the season in particular, there were a lot of moments where I put my arms up in the air like Rocky while watching that episode. <laughs> and so it became a thing in my house because, uh, well, uh, one other side story. I have, between uh, st- being up late for election coverage and, and you know, talking about all the things that are going on in the world and just general insomnia, I've seen every episode at 3 a.m. when it drops this season. And then usually wow. a couple more times the following day. <laughs> so it has become a thing in my house. In the morning, my wife will say, so how many times did you Rocky arm <laughs> this episode? <laughs> and uh, man, I did a lot of Rocky arming this, <laughs> this season, <laughs> especially with the heiress. And I think it uh, we got to talk about that Bo-Katan episode and we got to talk about that Ahsoka yeah. Tano episode. They were so good. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, we can start with the with the heiress. With that's the that's the one where we get to see Bo-Katan, mm-hmm. and that's where the child is. Or I'm sorry, Grogu gets rescued. Yeah. from the uh, duplicitous nature of uh, some of Mando's uh, un uh, assailants. Yeah. who are gonna you know try to <laughs> hurt don't him. realize they, who they're dealing with. No, and so uh, yeah, the fact that Katie Sackoff gets to be Bo-Katan, which you I think you brought that up in that episode, right? In our in yeah. our preview episode, yeah, yeah. That, that was that was confirmed. I think we probably more knew or that, less, but. yeah. Um, and she's the first she's the first actor to get to first voice a character and then play it in real life. And and Forrest Whitaker, who got to do this with Saw Gerrera, but but he didn't. My if I recall correctly, he didn't voice the character on television originally, Clone Wars. And then he went the other way. Right. He first appeared as in live action as Saw Gerrera after the character had been established and then went back and voiced it for Star Wars Rebels. And apparently he he loves this character. And apparently we're going to be seeing more of it, especially with the Cassian Andor series coming out. We're going to have to see Saw Gerrera. And it sounds like Forrest Whitaker wants to play him. So but it's just so, so cool to see Katie Sackoff kind of get to do the reverse. She got to voice the character first. With as with a lot of these characters in all in all of animation, a lot of the times they'll look at the voice actor and say, "Well, maybe we could base them on the look of this person." 
Um, they certainly did that with her and Bo-Katan, and then it paid off that she got to play Bo-Katan in live action. We- Easy casting there, yeah. yeah, to find somebody who looks like the cartoon version Now we- <laughs> because it's based off the real person. Yeah. Well, although I, I will say, for those of us who are, like, hopeful to someday voice a character in a cartoon, uh, like, the, if the if the requirement's going to be, like, you have to look like the person <laughs> we think this character could be, then that's going <laughs> to limit the roles I can be a part of. I'm going to have to be, like huffy roommate who can't find a job like that's gonna be my, that's what i'm gonna be limited to they're like oh he looks perfect for that he's bald he's fat awesome Listen, let's go after we, after we qu- quarantine we all look that way don't worry um <laughs> while we're while we're talking about uh that episode i think it's worth mentioning something we were wrong about no sabine wren uh, via sasha banks can i tell you the moment we're, I know we're eventually going to talk about the most recent episode because that's why we decided to do what we're doing right now. Um, mm. The cool wrestling move she got to do. She got to do oh, the drop yeah. kick, but she also did the like hurricane DT, DDT in the most mm-hmm. recent episode. And I thought yes. that stuff was awesome to, for her to get she to show a, up. She had a, a couple of jetpack assisted moves too, yeah. which I thought that would really lift you on the wrestling ring if you could just have a <laughs> jetpack that allows you to like pull a couple of those moves off. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, now I'm Don't give- got don't give Vince McMahon any ideas. Yeah, I was just gonna sure. say it, gave, it made me think like, can we get Rob Van Dam back out there? Like, <laughs> give him a jetpack. He didn't need one, man. No, he didn't. He could launch himself pretty great. But yeah, just keep him out there, man. Let's go. All these seventy-year-old wrestlers out there with jetpacks flying around, you know, hitting stunners. It'll be awesome. Yeah. Um, and then Ahsoka Tano showing up in in the the episode The Jedi, which I thought and I was no, awesome. You said the. You you guys gave your kind of favorite episodes, but I thought that episode was for me. That was my favorite episode. Maybe just because we got so much uh, Grogu Baby Yoda yeah. info out of that episode, mm-hmm. we got a lot of uh, a lot of talk about the uh, Bas. Oh God, why am I blank? Is it Baskar? Baskar? Yes, like the Baskar steel. We find out a lot more, or I felt like I felt a lot more informed on it after that. Which uh, is what Valerian Steel, the treatment it should have gotten in Game of Thrones at a certain point, right. and it never did. They ne- they always talked about Valerian Steel throughout that whole series, and then it just turned out to just be really strong steel for your sword, whereas this Vascar Steel is like something that actually comes up and is important yeah. and is a big deal, and it's not just worth a lot of money and really strong. It has a purpose. It has we'll special properties, yeah. Yeah. And 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 yet again, it's one of those things that kind of got hyped up in in all the legends material as being this like super metal that hey, you can't shoot through it and it can stop a lightsaber in a way that nothing else can. We got to see that in that episode a little bit, and all of the foreshadowing for that in that episode for what we would see in the final episode of the season was awesome. It was yeah. Again, like I like how each of these episodes kind of propped up to the final episode. Where if you do have to watch that whole season to understand how the final episode works yeah. a bit and why certain things are the way they are, yeah, that was what. Like I said, and I think that's good. That's a good series building by all the various writers, yeah. and and there were multiple directors in this series again. Like to have each of them with this undergirdment of you know, structural knowledge of how this has to work by the end. Yeah. It was really great to see them drop in some things that by the end of it, even if you're, 
you could come in, like you guys said, you come in cold to this season. And by the end of it, you're like, Oh yeah, Baskar Steel, that's going to stop this and that you're like, you know, because right. you've seen it already laid out for you and how powerful it is. And, and they drop it in really well that it's not like, look at the camera and wink yeah. type <laughs> moments. Like you don't always know that this information they're giving you is for sure going to be this super important thing. But if you pay close enough attention, it always comes back. Also on that episode of the Jedi, it was directed by Dave Filoni. And I, I didn't know that going in, but watching it, I was like, this has to be Dave Filoni, not just because of Ahsoka Tano, but because the it had a cartoon directorial look to it. Yeah, for oh, me, sure. it and was I, very stylized. I, that, I really picked up on that. Yeah. yeah, no, it was it was wonderful. I thought I thought it was, and it was the right treatment of that character. The thing that Mandalorian does really well is it takes these characters that are important, and it it doesn't d- derail the story in favor of them. They are related right. to the story. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. then it goes back to, and the Mandalorian is more important. I liked that because Ahsoka could have very easily taken over the rest of the season had they had they had her follow along. It was nice that she was in there for one episode. She played a very important role. And then she said, listen, I have my own stuff I have to attend to. You go do this. Well, she did. And also you got to really, again, because of the structure of how they build it, where, well, yeah, she can't really help you because Grogu doesn't really take to her that much you know like he Mm -hmm. he, he's fine to communicate with her but he's not gonna she even says like yeah i can't train this guy like and that moment where she says i have seen attachment lead even the best down a dark path i cried Mm -hmm. i sobbed at that moment because yeah she to think of how she saw one of the best anakin skywalker was the maybe the most potent jedi that ever lived to see him fall the way she did. And I mean, it, <laughs> it really hit, it hit me hard as a star Wars yeah. fan. Ahsoka maybe has been through, she and Obi-Wan Kenobi are the two characters that have been through the most have really been through the ringer in star Wars, mm-hmm. both because they had this affection and this respect and trust for Anakin Skywalker and then saw him fall from the absolute precipice, the chosen one, to the yeah. most reviled and feared person in the galaxy. Like De- it was depending big. on who you ask, these Imperial people seem to really enjoy what the empire has done. They, they make sure to hit that a lot oh, yeah. in this season that these people who are with the empire still are like, well, we were doing the right thing. And, the, oh, and that happens yeah. in the believer where Mayfeld just loses it and kills. That the is, guy one, and then my, it's that is one of my retreat. favorite scenes. One of my yeah. favorite scenes I think we've seen in star Wars, it, not to just jump right to that. No, let's go to high it. point moments. That was, that was so interesting to me to watch. Well, interesting for a lot of levels because we also find out that, uh, apparently you you have a little bit of a history that we didn't know about with um uh, with Din Jaren, yeah. right? Where he takes his number one, he takes his mask off, not something you see all the time. Yeah. But then his face is scanned by the Imperial scanner. I and it recognizes him. Uh, not so not to be okay. a not to be a downer. I don't think that was what we were supposed to get out of that. I've seen a lot of people be like, what did Din Jaren have to do with the Empire? And I think not that you just did that. Um, no, no, I did, but that's okay. I think <laughs> the the premise was just that it needs to scan a face. The idea oh, being okay. that so that the empire is all about like the paperwork and um, being able to blame the right person. In essence, <laughs> fun stuff. Well, and I think that the face scan, the idea behind the face scan, is if you do something bad at that terminal, they can tie it to you. 
Right. Okay. I don't. I maybe I'm wrong. They may. They may. That may come back in a different way. Um, well, I don't know. Either way, like it at least leaves that possibility sure. open. But that wasn't the main reason for that scene being good. That scene no. was so good because of that whole discussion about we had to do this in the name of the empire. And after you just had Mayfeld set that whole thing up on their, you know, yeah, on their little journey to the to the place where they have to deliver this, where they have to get in there. And all he's doing is talking about how, yeah, none of this matters. Everybody's yeah. a good guy. Everybody's a bad guy. Like they're just getting into that whole discussion. And then he has, he gets to face off with one of the people who influenced him in that way. Yes. It's a bit coincidental. Yes. You do have to, you know, suspend belief that just in all the galaxy, the one guy he's going to run into is one of the people who helped form that belief for him. Sure. X number of years ago, but it is a really fun moment. And I, or and I, uh, fun, powerful, yeah. interesting, all those things. I thought it was And they great. also set up the Mandalorian uh, taking off his helmet because Mayfeld also in that moment is talking about like everybody has rules until there's something they care about more. Yeah. And sure. for him, he cares more about retrieving Grogu than his belief in the Mandalorian always keeping their helmet on and he you know he makes a choice there and that's his choice something we talked about in our preview episode that we were also very smart about um was how how much this season really needed to deal with that idea of what does it mean to be a Mandalorian and yeah mm -hmm. I loved the way in every single episode there was at least one moment where Din had to challenge his own beliefs about what it means to be a Mandalorian with the biggest ones coming with Bo-Katan. I think the bit, but I also think I, I wasn't looking forward to, to Migs Mayfeld, to Bill Burr coming back. I just kind of felt like that was pointless, but I loved that episode. I felt that before mm -hmm. I saw the episode that like, yeah. why do we need him? I loved that. Ep and I, and, and bone, I agree with you. It was powerful. It was, and, and the way that, that it framed so many things about this universe, but between like how the empire is just such this completely brainwashed faction, how, they really don't care about human life at all. It's just about power and order to them above all else. And that if you're even a little bit, if you have a per, a part of yourself that's even a little bit human, it doesn't matter what you've done. Like in a different life, Migs Mayfeld would have been part of the rebellion. And he would have been one yeah. of those guys that Cassian Andor talked about. We've done terrible things in the name of preserve, of bringing back this peace and this rightness that we need to matter <laughs> makes Mayfeld's yeah, yeah. that kind of a guy. Um, and I, th well, that's part of at least what I took away from that too, was that I appreciate life is more complex than good and evil and star Wars, obviously, well, lots of these movies, I mean, lots of series, lots of anything that involves, you know, comic books, name your thing. Like you do sometimes have to boil it down maybe a little bit more simplistically than life allows for, but it was interesting to see a character who was in that moment. Like, yeah, all, all this stuff kind of like not, not saying it, not, not doing it overhandedly, but just saying, yeah, all this stuff about good and evil, you know, that's all kind of BS. It's all relative. Well, cause yeah, then, you could take this. Then, well then, but then he's turned on that a bit to be like, well, act, you know, okay. This guy is evil. Like this, this dude sitting right in front of me is evil and I'm going to kill him because yeah, we're, we're getting more of, of that with the empire because like, if you look back, there's, it, I mean, you'd have to do a lot, you know, a lot of little things, but I think you couldn't, you could take the Star Wars story and tell it a different way and change people's opinions on both groups. Well, and, and I, sure. and they've done, they're doing that right now, which I think is cool. I mean, there was triumphant heroic music when stormtroopers ran out in that, in that very episode. <laughs> yeah. We were excited yes. that the TIE yeah. fighters were showing up. We were glad that the yeah. stormtroopers showed up 
And in the same yeah. way that in Rogue One, they show the rebellion to be like they did some pretty awful things in the name of of what they thought was right. But how mm-hmm. how much better are they really? And I think this this show has kind of explored that too. Is the New Republic really any better than the Empire? Like the those X wing pilots who are just like patrol cops yeah. now, or just giving the Mandalorian a hard time because he's got some sort of old warrant out. Remember, we talked right. about before this season. You were like, "Man, I why does it always have to be X wings? Why does it always come back to X wings?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, but what happens when they're the cops?" Like, right? Yeah. And they and they they've explored that a bit. Yeah, and and it's it well. And, and to that point too, let's go back to um, was the planet Mor- Morak? Yeah, was that the planet yeah. where the 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 Mayfeld episode where mm-hmm. uh, literally you're sitting there as Mando's fighting off all these pirate Raider guys that are trying to steal what they've got or b- blow it up. Rather, I should say you're kind of sitting there going, wait, Mando's not far off from these guys. Right. Like, what is he doing? He's traveling around the galaxy, just taking care of business and knocking off people who someone wants dead. And that's like, or, or bringing them in, capturing them, whatever he's supposed to do. And like, these people are probably, I, I get the vibe that like, they're, they are probably from that planet, I'm guessing. And yeah. they don't like how different are how different are those people than the people he just helped with Ahsoka Tano? <laughs> right. It's yeah. like the same thing. Well, right. Counterpoint, <laughs> yeah. those guys who are trying to blow up the Rodinium are are the, like the rebellion. They're, that's what I'm saying. Right. right. They're, 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 in any <laughs> other Star Wars movie, we would be rooting for them to succeed. Right. And in this case, because you've put different people in the uniform who we're invested in, it suddenly makes you realize, well, no, we don't justify how horrible stormtroopers have been throughout their careers in this in this series. But it does get you to understand, well, why don't they all just turn and say this is evil? And it's like, well, because in that moment, you're in a uniform with other people and they're trying to kill you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's just adding this layer of complexity that most of these types of films and most of these types of, you know, fiction even don't really seem to want to get into. Yeah. Certainly not something I would expect from a company that's, you know, Disney. Yeah. <laughs> I would not expect Disney to get into this deep of a thing. Yeah. It's a it's a really interesting series. And I think it I think it's perfect for kind of where we are at as humans in 2020. Like it's a very that's what good fiction does, right? Yeah. It allows you to kind of enjoy it, escape, but also explore some as avenues and thoughts, you know, in your own head about, oh yeah, like framing our framing our our society a little bit differently than we may think. Yeah. So and chops. So as we uh, wait, one last thing. Did you know that? Did you know the Game of Thrones connection to that episode? No. No. What's the What's the connection? Richard Brake plays the Imperial officer, uh, Valen Hess, and he was the Night King in Game of Thrones. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. He, well, he's good at playing those kind of characters. Yeah. There you go. So, different. No, Before I, we jump, I didn't, so watch, we, I, didn't well, I didn't watch Thrones, so I, that would be lost to me. But that's very cool. So we've led up to the final episode. I think the one thing we had, we failed to mention, we didn't really mention this episode at all, The Siege. That one's a cool, just kind of mostly an action episode. The stormtroopers are stupid. They can't even ride there. They make it look so cool when they jump off on their speeder bikes and then they yeah. have them immediately crash. But the important part of that is we learn why they're after um, Grogu, which is something we, we pretty much knew about, but now we get Confirmed some information it. about it where they find that the it's like a scientist log and he's talking back to Moff Gideon and he's talking about the high M count in the blood, which I guess is their way to not say midichlorian but to say, midi, just yeah. say M count, <laughs> <laughs> but it, that's what they're referring to because he has blood with Jedi power, you know, however you want to right. phrase it for that. So then that's why they're after him. They get him, 
And now we're on to this final episode where the Mandalorian is trying to get Grogu back. I thought I liked that episode for its story. Like you said, it was a cool action episode, but I they talked about how Palpatine ended up coming back without talking about how Palpatine ended up coming back, right? They mm-hmm. they said that in this yeah. season we were going to see some of the the ways that the First Order came into being. And I think that was a nice subtle way of being like, hey, y'all, they were working on this you know long ago and here's how it came to fruition and uh they you know you have all these different officers talking about restoring order we want order people just want order um and how that kind of became the mantra of the imperial remnant and how they became the first order we we see what can only be described as like snoke bodies in that lab People have been asking, they were like, oh, we want to know about where Snoke came from. Why not more about Snoke's background? Well, you saw it. You saw the first Snokes in that lab. And and, and for all we know, I mean, there may be more prominence to that given down the road. Right. Right. I mean, we were sitting in that time frame. Clearly, they're, they're not afraid to bring back anyone and everyone, as we will get to. Yeah. From all of the all of that part of the universe and that realm so yeah and it's sometimes hard to remember like who they can bring back what they can bring back when they because can bring of the it back different because times yeah yeah you're not always thinking about the time frame of this show when you're watching it and then there are moments where you're like oh yeah that guy would still be alive or that guy would be younger and not have done this yet or things like that so i'm interested to see where they go with that as the series goes on now um are, do do we feel like i'm looking at the I think we've talked a little bit about every episode mm-hmm. leading up to the last one, which is where we are. I watched it at 3 a.m. You guys got up extra early to watch it today <laughs> so we could record this this episode. I was watching it at like 5.15, yeah. so I wasn't right too far behind. Yeah. I almost texted you because I figured you were up, but I thought, no, I'll, I'll just wait till I talk to him. On the I almost podcast. texted both of you with, with some different notes um, <laughs> D- about the Hurricane Rana DDT uh, in particular. Let's talk about it. Uh, yeah, I uh, should we talk about the big reveal? Should we start there? I, think, as well? I think we've spent. I mean, we've spent this long not talking about it. We should probably get to that point yeah. now, and then we can talk freely about the rest of the episode. Yes, and we should definitely put a spoiler alert on the front of the episode. Something we kind of missed. If you, yeah, you've had you've had seven weeks to watch the other episodes, so don't add us. But if you don't want to know the biggest things about this, maybe about this whole s- series. Stop listening now and then go watch, then come back. It's 41 minutes. You can handle it. Also, don't look, don't look at the Wikipedia page for The Mandalorian at this point because yeah. it will all be ruined for you because it's all right there. Social media right now. Just don't go there. Anyway, yeah. we find out who the Jedi that's coming for Grogu is. I think there are some mixed opinions in this crowd. There are. Tell tell me, go ahead. tell me how you feel about Luke Skywalker being the one that comes to uh, to get Grogu. Well, as uh, the immortal David Allen Greer once said on Men on Films, hated it. Not a fan. <laughs> Not a fan of Luke Skywalker coming back in this moment. And I will tell you why. Yeah, please do. For, for me, and I, and I want to be very clear. Number one, I love Mark Hamill, the human being. Yeah. Like, I'm a fan of Mark Hamill everything. The more we can see of that man while we have that man, like, for sure, I love Mark Hamill. And I obviously love Luke Skywalker as a character and all of that. I, by the way, defend The Last Jedi as one of my favorites of the Star Wars universe. So it's not about Luke Skywalker. It is about the fact that I kind of thought what they were doing with The Mandalorian this season was going to be, all right, you want to see someone come back 
you want to see one of these old characters, we're building up Boba Fett as like, here you go. This is your big payoff for those of you who just watched the original three movies and never mess with anything else in Star Wars. Here's your thing to keep you in. And so I thought, cool, that's he's he's going to be the biggest takeaway from this for the old universe crowd. Then you've got the Ahsoka Tano, Bo-Katan, all that stuff for the people who have gone super in-depth on everything else. And then you've got this show, and it's kind of feeding all that. I was thinking they were going to go the route of bringing in another Jedi, a Jedi that we've never seen on screen before. Um, I thought they were going to go with Kyle Katarn from the Jedi Knight series of video game. That's where I thought this was headed. And so when I saw the X-Wing pull up, I'm like, oh. I had the same moment. They're not going to do this? They're going to just go with Luke Skywalker? I looked over and I was like, this this is effing Luke Skywalker coming in right now. (laughs) You know what, though? So can I, let me say this. I was one of the people leading up to this episode who thought for sure it was going to be Ezra Bridger or it was going to be, you know, uh, one of these other Jedi that we know are out there in the universe, right? And I thought that I was a proponent of that. I thought, please don't do Luke Skywalker. I, I got to tell you, I I wept in a way that I didn't expect. I was so really? I was so emotionally moved by. I, I first of all, I just like sat there with my hands on my face, Macaulay Culkin style, for a few minutes, just like really. And I kept thinking, no, this isn't the direction they're gonna go. The X wing is a, is a misdirect. And then it was, oh, cloak, green lightsaber. It's a misdirect. And then I was like, ah, but there's the glove and there's the belt buckle. Yeah, and- <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, I mean, they were giving you everything the entire way uh, of like. Luke is still in his dark clothes phase. Uh, you know what, though? Okay, let's not do the thing that uh, that we've criticized so many people for doing when it came to yes, like I agree. being upset about your expectations not being fulfilled for a second. Who else could it have been? It couldn't have been anyone else. Who else? Who, That's what it could have been. <laughs> no, it couldn't have. <laughs> Why not? Because because <laughs> Kyle Katarn would have been only there for them to subvert expectations. Like, they've done nothing to build him at, into that role. I'll tell you what, it had to be Luke Skywalker. It had to be the current most powerful well, Jedi in the universe. Because it always has to be Luke Skywalker. Oh, no, That's no, the no, problem no, no. with Star Wars is it always goes back to the Skywalker because we can't now, escape them. Stop for a second. <laughs> Take your cynicism down to one for a second. Chops and I are just going to stomp all over Daniel's soul, soulful, memorable, no, like enjoyable. No, but listen, it's not even it's not even about Luke Skywalker fandom, really. Who else would have been? A, no one else would have been a logical choice. Well, here's here's why I say, here's why I say that, though. Like, a court, and again, you know more about this than me. This is my understanding of Kyle Katarn's character. For those who don't know, he was in the Jedi Knight series of video games, which is where we got the uh, the dark, dark troopers. troopers. Yeah. They come so the those those massive things you just saw. That's who fights them in that video game. So it isn't out of the realm of a, a possibility that he's certainly powerful enough to fight them. But also, uh, my understanding is as far as Jedi's go. He's up on the pecking order, only second to a Luke Skywalker. So 
that was where I was a little disappointed was like, oh man, are we saying only like Luke Skywalker is the only Jedi who apparently can save anyone? How powerful are Jedi if he's the only one who can come in and do this type of he's stuff? He's the only Jedi that can train the most powerful young force user out there, right? Who you, you think about? We saw how that did with Kylo Ren. <laughs> I'm done with Skywalkers. I, I'm done with it. Get out of that story. Was, but you know what, though? Again, dial your cynicism down for just a second. Just give me, give me this, okay? Yeah. He's Luke Jedi, Luke Jedi, Luke Skywalker, may as well be, is the only Jedi. May as well be Luke Star Wars. Yeah. Is the only <laughs> Jedi who has any sort of real experience to be able to train somebody with the ability that Grogu has, right? One. Two, we know he's the one who's starting a new Jedi Academy. Three, I thought they handled it pretty well because my biggest fear was if Luke Skywalker comes in and spends more than five minutes in the episode, he will take over. And he didn't. They had this really nice, poignant thing. He had like five lines. And the thing that I, you know, we talked about, it would be nice to see the Gro whole Grogu thing not be the whole show. It wrapped up yeah, that storyline yeah. and it did it. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing that, that I've talked about and that people need to think about. It's really sad to have to think about this. That means Grogu got killed by Kylo yeah. Ren. Oh, no, this is what I, this is this is why I hated it so much was because I wanted to leave it as like Grogu is I don't know. I I guess you're right because then it would you do have to explain why did Grogu not show up to help at all right. during the <laughs> during the last trilogy we just saw where by that point, he would have presumably been trained enough to show up somewhere and do some damage. And you just have to assume like his Jedi cell connection wasn't working. Like I, I acknowledge that at some point, that's probably the reality we should have thought of at the very beginning of this is like, yeah. if this thing is anything like Yoda. Well, why didn't he ever come in, in the thing we just saw yeah. and not help out? Like when, when all of the universe was looking for force sensitive people to show up and help and, no one did, not him. I'll tell you one other you know? thing. You talk about like, oh man, Kyle Katarn had these like had these games and this like years of fan service. Man, back in the eighties, people were writing books about Luke Skywalker after Return of the Jedi, and we got to see in movies we get to see Luke Skywalker as kind of a pissant teenager who whines and moans and blah, and we get to see him as a jaded old man in the sequel trilogy. But there's all this literature and ideas out there about Luke Skywalker being kind of a mature, wise guy worthy of the heroic label that he's given. He like by the end of Return of the Jedi, he's finally matured enough to be worthy of that kind of praise. But I, I always thought we got that in the third, like in the third well, one, like here's the fully realized Luke Skywalker who, yeah, then I assume goes on to continue his badassery. But it's like he became the fully fledged badass in the third one. That stuff's... He I, I don't have a problem with that stuff. I, it, it is cool to see Luke Skywalker. It's not like we can't tell any stories about Luke Skywalker, but throw that in Skywalker Academy and talk about that on Disney+. Plus. I just want a story from Star Wars that doesn't involve the Skywalkers. <laughs> Can we? They are not the only people in the universe. But I, but I think they, but by having him show up as briefly as he did and then leave, I think they're doing that. I think they, well, they, the, they got I to... Know, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll tell my, you. Here's my counterpoint. Yeah. Here's my counterpoint. It's not brief when he takes one of the main characters away. 
Like that's what I'm like. It wasn't and it's like not brief when he's the he's the Deus Ex Machina of the final episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I can give you that. It's like that was why. I, so what I'm saying is, here's how. Again, I want to fully acknowledge. I am not. This does not mean I'm out on Mandalorian and screw them. And this, like I'm not doing what people did to the Last Jedi. Where so agree, I, I agree with you. Like, I still like the show, and I'm I love the show. I and I actually love this episode. By the way, I love this episode. I love every part of it up until Luke Skywalker's face pops out, and he looks like a seat. You know, like one. Uh, he looks like he was in. You could actually have pulled Kyle Katarn from the move from the video games from the nineties. And I think he would have looked about as good. Okay. Now, come on. You, you clearly so haven't much. looked at a PlayStation in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen too much Luke Skywalker for CGI. You can't like, I, we saw a lot of Carrie Fisher too, for what it's worth in, in princess Leia. But that moment was so you heard her voice. And then like the last five seconds, she's like, hope. And then you're like, ah, ah, and then that's it. That was it at the end of rogue one. Like, this was way more involved with him. I'm not going speaking. I'm not going to convince was, you, but I'll was, tell you one other much. thing that this sets up. A lot of people were disappointed in the sequel trilogy and that there were a lot of stories that could have been told in that intervening 20 years between, and I mean in universe, like 20 years. Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of people that said, you know, there were some cool stories you could have told that you didn't get to tell, partially because the actors who would have had to play the characters were too old. And right. we all know that we couldn't have had three movies of them being de-aged by CGI. No one would have bought that. No. no. I think that this is a way for Luke Skywalker to get to have some of that legend status that he has earned, right? Sure. And I think it's going to end up, you know, the 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 books and things that came after the original trilogy dealt with Luke Skywalker and Leia and to a lesser extent Han trying to rebuild this universe and facing off against Thrawn who we now know is Thrawn is coming Thrawn is yeah. coming I think that this is a way to let the 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 diehard Star Wars fans who read all those books and felt like that was a squandered opportunity there, to have some of that and also again I, I just I don't think there's another logical choice unless, but he, here's the issue. You're like, oh, it, it could have been Kyle Katarn or it could have, they also would have taken Grogu away or the Mandalorian season three would have been about a Jedi getting a training a Yoda and not about Din Djarin. Yes. And, yeah, and yeah. I'm sorry. No, that's I, the I, only, I that. if baby Yoda sticks around once that Jedi shows up, that may as well be, the show may as well be called the Baby Yoda, and Din Jaren no, may as no, well no, sit no, no. in the corner smoking a cigarette. You know what I mean? Here, here's where, here's where I come back to: is you could have brought in another Jedi. It doesn't have to be Kyle Katarn. Or I thought it was going to be Ezra Bridger for for what it's yeah, worth. Sure. Yeah, sure. It could it could be it could be. Hi, I'm a new Jedi. No one knows about because this is a fictional universe, and I can just exist. But that doesn't like, pay they can off. Also, e do that. That doesn't pay off either. Here's why, though: because then when that happens, you say, "Wait a second, who is the?" Okay, but. Maybe it has to be a known person, but I'm saying if Kyle Katarn comes in and takes him or Ezra Bridger comes in and takes him, then he can still go away and be getting trained. And then you can leave this wonder of like, well, wait, they were training him. Does he? And then maybe later on it becomes, oh, we took him to Luke Skywalker to get trained. Or he could throw a reference in like, I know of a Jedi who has achieved even more than me. Sure. And I'm going to take this one to him. And then it's like, oh, that's so. And then you could have a whole series later of like Kyle Katarn is like, oh, Luke Skywalker. I don't think he's going to, I'm a little scared of this 
you know, the solo kid. Like, I'm not sure about that. And then he, <laughs> and then he takes Grogu away and they secret him out. And he, that's why he's gone. And he's never a part of the other universe. Cause they, to me, to me, that's, that's bad writing though. I'm just saying yeah. it leaves open more. And you, well, also he could still be there and then die. Yeah. Like, well, okay. <laughs> so kill him, so <laughs> I don't think I, I don't need to convince either of you and you don't need to convince me. Can I tell you now what I think is the bigger question? I didn't think there could be a bigger question about what's going to happen next season in the Mandalorian. Oh, I know what you're yeah. going to say. And I'm, I'm excited for it. Listen. So the post credit scene, I'm glad that I paid attention to how long the episode was and that I was in such emotional like shock that I just didn't click away because folks stick around for the post credit scene. Yes, please stick around and watch that. If you if you have by the way, if you're listening to this and you have not watched the post credit scene, stop this. Yes. Go to the Disney Plus and watch the two minutes of after credits that you're going to see because it is kind of important. I have seen sources online this morning refute what I am about to say. So I might be okay. wrong. Okay. But what that the way that post credit scene was framed, the one in which for for those of you who are just listening, the one in which Boba Fett shows up on Tatooine, kills Bib Fortuna, and sits on Jabba's throne, therefore becoming Boba the Hut, um, because the Hut is both a title and a species. I think we're done with Din Jaren for now. I think really? unless now. Again, I've seen sources this morning refute that and say, no, the Boba Fett, it's a Boba Fett spinoff. The Book of no, Boba Fett is its own. Of- yeah. But- oh, oh, I see what, yeah, because but- they said that at the end that it's the Book of yeah. Boba but, 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 buddy, it's dropping the same time as Mandalorian Season 3 was announced to. Like, they're going to be, uh, are they being oh, yeah. released at exactly the same time? And that's possible. They may, Disney may have so many properties going on that they start releasing them concurrently. And that you're going to need to watch all of them to like kind of understand what's going on. They may do that. Yeah. And that's what I've read yeah. this morning is that, yes, but last night at 4 a.m., I thought, you know what? We might have seen the last of Din, except, and then, then I thought about it, except we've we've passed over maybe one of the biggest points of the, the episode. Grogu, the Grogu Luke Skywalker thing, huge. Y'all, Din Jaren is the Mandalore right now. Yeah, that was the, he, well, that's that's actually when you said there's a big thing we have to talk about. That's what I thought you were going to bring up is that whole thing with him and Bo-Katan is so interesting. It's funny to see the way like the the different rules for like the Mandalorian, like Creed, like the people like uh, Din Djarin and then Bo-Katan who like she takes off her helmet right. and she's just like, I want to get back to Mandalore. But then she really cares about the the lore of the Darksaber and now she has to best him in combat to get it or else he remains the king of Mandalore. Yeah. And he's like, I don't care. Just take it. I didn't care about this thing. And it makes you yeah. and it makes you realize this really it makes you appreciate Moff Gideon as a villain more. Because he knew that was going to happen. He knew that if he oh, yeah. challenged Din and Din and he killed Din, well, then he's taken care of. But he knew if Din Jaren bests me, then he that he and Bo-Katan suddenly are going to do the thing that Mandalorians always do, by the way, which is fight amongst each other because they're morons. <laughs> and Din even is like, I don't care about this sword. Take the sword. Yeah. And she's yeah. just like, no. And I like. How serious does the combat have to be? Well, it depends. We've he only didn't se- kill Moff Gideon. We've only seen it. We've only seen it a couple of times. It it usually it, we've seen it both ways. We've seen it be just a fight and the other person yields, but it has to be a real fight. Or, 
I mean, the last time we saw the Darksaber change hands on screen before this was Darth Maul getting the Darksaber and cutting the head off of the previous leader and being like, you're mine now. Oh, so this, so this is what I was thinking, like as far as how that sets up, is you're going to have this reluctant leader who, by his very nature of holding this thing, like knows there will be challenges to him. Yeah. So it's either do I just fly around with this thing and constantly have to deal with you know people coming after me? And maybe Bo-Katan won't be that person because she realizes as much as I do want that saber, this guy has done nothing to deserve me trying to kill him. I'm not going to do that. And then it becomes this rub of like, eventually he, he just doesn't want so much to do with it that she gets to the point where she's like, well, I have to stop him because yeah. I have to get this from it. Like that whole dynamic of she may stop other people from trying to get to him, but she herself will not yet go and get this until there's a point where, cause he can't, what if he's just like, okay, fine. What are you gonna do? Kill me? Like, and then she, she probably won't do that. Like she probably wouldn't, I, I would guess she has enough honor not to just kill someone in the back for no reason that's not a fight you know so how do you have a fight with someone who doesn't want to fight like that's going to be the whole arc there you build up like. you build up a lot of grudge and evidence against them until finally you can justify even in yes, your own head that's, and yes, that's what season yes. three is going to probably be i mean season three is going to be really interesting at this point because yeah i like and you know what i think i really like is that they set her up as being this villain for a moment at least in the in the uh in the heiress as kind of being a villainous duplicitous character. But then you thought, Oh no, it's Bo-Katan. They're going to, she comes back by the end of the episode that she says, this is the way in a nice way. And it's, and okay, she comes in to help in this one, but no, she is like Moff Gideon in the sense that she has this single minded. I want this, this is my goal and I will do anything to accomplish it. When we've seen her do that, we've seen her change the terms of the agreement. We've seen her lust after this dark saber and the power that invites Honestly, the dark saber is kind of like the one ring at this point. It's a cur- yeah, it's a curse exactly to whoever holds it. <laughs> and yes, exactly. And he didn't do any he, and he didn't seek it out, which makes it all the more intriguing from that way. Chops, I got to say what I'm really looking forward to is when Leia Organa comes in to like stop Bo-Katan at the end of next series. Well, when all in right, the, in you the know what? Post credit scene. In the second post credit scene, when Darth Vader came in riding yeah. Simba, and then <laughs> Iron Man swooped in to fight him, man, that was that was something. Like I said, this is not fair. This is not fair to Daniel because he actually enjoyed that moment, uh, and it's not fair to anyone also, else. You guys, I just want to, I just want to say, you guys, all over you guys it. sound like big old morons making these apples and oranges comparisons right now. You're, <laughs> you're only making my argument a lot better, so I'll be quiet. No, that's not oh, fair because oh. morons listen to our podcast. So <laughs> that's true. The morons are on our on this podcast. <laughs> the morons are among us. <laughs> yes. No, I, I, I think that was. Now that season three, the question of what it means to be a Mandalorian is going to take on a much different deadly almost tone, right? And mm-hmm. and and, and Bo-Katan shows some of that elitism and that when she talks about how Boba Fett isn't a real Mandalorian, you mean your donor? No, not your father. Yeah. You mean yeah. your donor? I've heard that mm-hmm. voice a thousand times before. I, I thought that was... They show like they they tried to pass off that there's this new era. The Mandalorians need to work together, and in the same sentence or in the next sentence, she's showing this sort of elitism that is what made Mandalorians go to war in the first place, like with each other. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how that right. And 
I love the like as long as they here's the good news the the Dave Filoni connection to this and all the other brilliant directors they've had throughout this the writing has been so great I do feel like just leaving these open-ended very juicy propositions is not it's not like they're going to screw it up right for the most part you know what I mean like I have had as much as we're you know not like I'm not a fan of the Skywalker thing again and I know Chops you're not either I do feel like they even that scene like the payoff it's a well-written scene it like all that stuff is great like it the action sequence was absolutely phenomenal the whole deal yeah. so I feel like I trust the people who make this thing to not screw up these very delicate and complex issues they're setting up for themselves because they are writing this. It's not like this just happened. Right. It's not so, history as much as we pretend right. like it is. <laughs> right. But I'm saying like they're setting themselves up for for very interesting storylines down the road. And I would be shocked if they were just like, oh, yeah, Bo-Katan and, uh, uh, and Din Jaren just worked something out over like a couple beers. And now she has a dark saber. Yeah. Like they're no, not going to do, do that. that. There's, there's going to be some kind of struggle with that all throughout next year. And Din Jaren carrying the dark saber, like once he figures out how good that thing, like, cause he is obviously not familiar with it. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. There's no understanding of it. So as he gets into situations where he does use it, suddenly he's going to see, all right, well, maybe this is worth the, the struggle that it, it, it brings or, yeah. you know, like a reluctant use of it eventually suddenly realizes, well, why am I trying not to use this thing? Maybe I should use it and maybe I should be more, I am this Leader Mandalorian like, yeah. who cares about all this stuff. Well, maybe I should care more about this Mandalore thing that I now apparently am. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder if he'll start to get into that a little bit more too. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think the, 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 the conflicts it sets up and I, I'm excited to see, as I've said from the beginning, I think this show should be about the rebuilding of, of Mandalore and the people of, you know, the people that come with it. And I'm excited to see, whether you whether you loved or hated Luke Skywalker being the one, I think the the Grogu story had been told. I he didn't. People I were like, I think it's over. I think there's still going to be. I I think he'll pop back maybe. in. But yes, I agree. We got the whole point of like him finding someone who could train him has clearly been yes challenge that's checked off now. He is that is no longer on his to do list. You're right. And I like you know people are like well maybe he'll become a Mandalorian Jedi in his cute little armor. No, that would have been bad. One, two people were like, <laughs> but it would have sold so many whatever. toys. I, oh, that would have been have. to me Absolutely. the worst possible outcome. And I like that they kept the spe the Yoda species and planet a mystery. That's one of been the one thing that has been a mystery for all of Star Wars, and I'm glad they kept it that way. I'm glad that they didn't find a planet full of little green frog people all like force pushing each other around while on the soccer field and like <laughs> levitating their groceries into the back of their car. You know what I mean? Like I'm glad yeah, they didn't go I, that I, route. I what you're yeah. I do think, I guess that's something that would be, I still would like to know about it. I would like to know what, I would like to know what he is. You know, I think, it's it's you're right it's it's fine to leave lore but it would be nice to know more about that and so maybe but that's again series is not over and there's plenty of more plenty of more disney properties going through all this that that will pop up at some point and i'm yeah. sure they will answer that question and hopefully do it in a way that you're right isn't just stupid and cheap and like oh cool here you go that's it we did it yeah you know i think they're gonna build up to it give you a payoff and yeah so maybe it won't even be in this series but yeah. i'm sure they'll do it at some point 
Uh, no, I, I, I think I think it was right. I think the timing was right. I think as much as I kind of like dreaded it in a way, because I figured, you know, there's always the Empire Strikes Back model of leaving you in the middle of something and it's bad, right? And yeah. I was afraid it was going to be that the Grogu situation was going to be the thing unresolved that's bad. And I like that they wrapped it up and that, I mean, it's eventually bad, we think, maybe. As you said, that story doesn't have to be over. I kind of think it is. I kind of think that story's over, but... Maybe not. The dark saber thing is the thing that ends up being the 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 gut dropping, you know, uh, cliffhanger yeah. for this season. Yeah. Well, and, and Moff Gideon is still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So it's. I mean, obviously he is in captivity, and Cara Dune is going to try to get as much info from him as she can. But he's Moff Gideon. Yeah. It, like I don't think he's just going to go away. Like he's he's too powerful to probably not be back in the game at some point. And I. To be honest with you, I kind of expected the way this episode was going to end was going to be the Grogu thing didn't get resolved and that the show up at the end of the episode was it looks like they've triumphed and Moff Gideon is is in captivity and then an Imperial Star Destroyer, the Chimera, shows up and you hear Grand Admiral Thrawn come over this loudspeaker and say, you have something that I want. You don't know what it means to me, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, right, and, right. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, crap. We end the season with the biggest baddie probably alive in the universe has now shown up. So I, I, I think that what they did was better. I'll also tell you that post credit scene, I, I, guess, I guess I'll be honest. I didn't, even when I saw they were on Tatooine in Jabba's palace, I was like, wait, what? What's this? Fat Bib Fortuna? <laughs> okay. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? I'll be honest with you. I kind of thought it was going to be Aiden Ehrenreich as Han Solo and Chewbacca. I when they first oh. came down, and the blaster bolt happened, I thought, are they going to have Han Han and Chewie get a show together? Or Lando shows up? We know there's going to be a Lando show. So yeah. <laughs> so I, I wasn't expecting them to have Boba come in and and become Boba the Hut. Yeah, that that was. I I still think like I'm just trying to put myself in Bib Fortuna's shoes, where it's like, wait, didn't you? get yeah, sucked Bubba. into a sarlacc pit <laughs> like whoa what you're hey good to see you again <laughs> like yeah. you know that that I, I thought they played that really well and that was obviously also great that there was no exposition it was just like bleep you you're dead yep. i sit on the throne here we go i'm boba fett i'm back baby like i i enjoyed how they just and they just they just immediately just like fit right into the role the way he sits on the throne she yeah. grabs the bottle of liquor and yeah. just like kind of hangs out right there and it's like yep we knew what we were doing. This wasn't like uh this wasn't no. like a maybe we can get this done and take over. He was like, I'm going in there, I'm taking that throne. And it it, yeah. it also yeah. is nice because it answers the question. I think it answers the question of why didn't he take the Mandalorian armor sooner? The answer is he had this plot for revenge, but he didn't have the people in place to do it. And mm. and it was a yeah, happy a accident that he finds Fennec Shand, this like who also has a grudge against the Huts, by the way. Remember, she used to be employed by the Huts. This like, oh right, this okay. like universally famous assassin. Uh, he now, when he finds her, it's this happy accident where he goes, you know, maybe I could do the thing that I want to do, which is he wants his petty fiefdom. At least that's the way they're setting it up. Maybe it's just that, hey, this is the yeah. Boba Fett revenge tour, which is no, but equally it, but it possible. Does, it does strike that it does. It's it's always interesting to see what characters value. Yeah, and so in this case, you find out that what he values is sitting there in Tatooine and running, you know, again, he's a, he's a bounty hunter, but I've always kind of gotten the vibe that like uh, from the little bit we ever got from him that like, that was, you know, he was just a really good bounty hunter. Not like he was going to be the best 
you know, person in the yeah. world, like the most powerful force in the world. And obviously this year his his game is upped a bit, but now this all makes sense. It's like, yeah, I could see him sitting and running what Jabba ran, right. you know, and being that guy. That that sounds about right. That's pretty powerful for what he is aware of. And now people will come to him. Yeah. And, you know, I th- yeah, I think that's a pretty cool way to watch, you know, whatever they do with that next year. So. Django Fett had uh, always had his female assassin. And in the in the Clone Wars, they show a young Boba Fett always running with a crew. Boba Fett, even like uh-huh. only as he became older, did he start working alone. So I think it's interesting that he's they're like taking us back to the Boba Fett that like has a crew. And I think in whatever the book of Boba Fett is, we may see him. I think we're going to see a lot of those classic Star Wars bounty hunters and things coming back as he does one more job with them or goes and, and, you know, settles some old grudges with characters that, that we've seen on the screen before. I think that'll be kind of a cool thing. And it could even be y'all that by the end of the Mandalorian season three and the end of the book of Boba Fett miniseries, Boba puts a crew together to go and become the Mandalore. And we may have several competing factions, you know, we, who knows? And that would be right, a cool sure. a cool way to handle that character too that I think a lot of people expected. A lot of people expected Boba Fett to betray Din Djarin. Um, mm. Not that I disagree with the direction they went, but I still think that's on the table now. Well, yeah, now all the all the scores are settled as far as everybody who owed everybody everything, that's all fixed. So now everybody's back at square Correct. one as far as all these characters. Right, so, and their codes of honor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, well, I enjoyed the series. I enjoyed the season. Um do we know? I know it's a third season, but do we know if it's going beyond that, or have they said? They haven't I know said. I I... They've only confirmed okay. three. I wouldn't be surprised if we see four. All right. I could see there yeah. being four seasons. I could see three being the right number too, depending on how many story you know. But I could see four beyond that. I think it it gets long in the tooth. We'll see. Um, especially with all these other Star Wars series going on, especially with the Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka and. This and how long does John Favreau want to be tied up with this show? Oh, you know, forever. He's a guy who does a lot of things. No, I honestly, I, I don't think he's going to be somebody who wants to be tied up for eight seasons. You should, if you've ever, if you've seen him do any appearances about this show, maybe not just this show, but I think, I think John Favreau is going to have fingers in a lot of these pies yeah. going forward because he, man, you want to talk about a Star Wars fan just like eating it up? John Favreau is a Star Wars fan through and through who loves this universe and loves this property. And I think given how upset people were with the sequel trilogy and how receptive they've been to what Favreau and Filoni are doing, I think that they're, those two are going to be given the keys to the kingdom moving forward. And I think that's right. I think they should, because they're doing a great job. If anybody can handle all, you know, overseeing or having part in, in these upcoming series and, and in dealing with the star Wars universe, I think they're the right ones for it. And I, I mean, the two seasons of The Mandalorian, to me, are <laughs> put that at the top of your resume. If you're like, I want to run Star Wars from now on, please, thank you. Yeah, I think it's I think it's been great, and I've enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, Johnny Favs, right guy for the job. Amen. So, see how it goes. Well, fellow morons, uh, <laughs> thank you for, <laughs> as we established earlier, thank you so much for joining us in this exploration of The Mandalorian today. I want to thank, once again, Jonathan T-Bone Smith for being our go-to guy to talk about these things and talk passionately about them. Uh, you can hear him each and every weekday on Common Man and T-Bone on 97.1 The Fan here in Columbus and out there on the interwebs. Bone, thanks again. 
Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. And if you want to connect with us, tell us what you thought about The Mandalorian uh, after listening to this episode, after watching the series, you can uh, find us on Twitter. Our handle is at NerdAssoch. That's N-E-R-D underscore A-S-S-O-C. Let us know what you thought of, of the season of The Mandalorian, your, where you hope it goes in the future. You can also reach out to us via email at nerdassoch at gmail.com. Let us know what your ideas are for future episodes, or maybe you can even come on and be one of our nerds. Thanks for listening, y'all, and we will talk to you next week.